Once there was a holy elder who was visiting some churches, and he met a young man at one of the churches who had unusual gifts and talents. And he entrusted the young man to a bishop to take care of him. Sometime later, the elder heard that the young man had fallen in with the wrong crowd and had joined a gang, becoming its leader and living in the wilds. The elder heard this from the bishop, and he went into the mountains to find the young man himself. The elder was seized and brought before the young man, now the leader of this gang. On seeing the elder, the youth was stunned, and the elder begged him earnestly to come back to God and promised to take the sins of the youth upon himself, if only he would repent and not bring ruin upon his soul. Shaken by the intense love of the holy elder, the young man came back. The elder brought him to the church and shared with him in the labors of repentance, and he did not rest until he had totally reconciled him with the church. The elder in this story is St. John the Evangelist, whose repose we commemorate today. And what stands out to me from this story is how much it sounds like the parable of the lost sheep with the good shepherd going out and finding the one that has gone astray. St. John has interiorized Christ to such an extent that one looks upon the holy apostle and sees the Lord. We have heard in the Synaxarian today details of his story. And by the end of his life, he sums up his teaching in one simple phrase. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And this is from his first letter, chapter 3, verse 18. Today, I'd like to look at some qualities of this love of which St. John writes and which uh, sums up his life and his life's mission. And the first thing that we notice about St. John is his closeness to Christ. He was one of Jesus' inner circle, often going with him together with St. Peter and his brother St. James. He was known as the apostle whom Jesus loved and at the mystical supper he famously reclines or leans on Christ's breast. And this closeness to Jesus made him like Christ. One of his other titles is the theologian with a capital T. And he's only one of three figures in our church who's earned this particular title. And he's the only apostle and evangelist to be called a theologian. Now, this is not because of his ability to rationally discourse about God or his ability to form elaborate mental concepts, but because of his inner transformation. This closeness to Christ enabled him to write such lofty truths as the opening lines of his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is why he is represented by the eagle. The eagle soars close to the heavens, and the holy evangelist likewise reaches great heights in his awareness and understanding of God and his communication of that awareness to us. His great awareness is made clear in the epistle today, where he writes that God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So the first aspect of this love, of which St. John writes, is that it is a love which has its source in God. It comes from God. Another aspect of this love is from the gospel today, and we see it with St. John standing by Christ 
and his mother. And this is a love that stands by people in their hour of need, not separating from them, being there, being available. As Christians, we may perhaps feel hesitant to stand by people who are hurting or going through a, a hard time because doing so is messy. It's time consuming. It's laborious. It takes a toll on us too. We may have to take on extra responsibilities in the same way that uh, St. John is entrusted with the care of the Holy Theotokos. After all, let's not forget either that it was dangerous to stand by Christ. And in the eyes of most people at the time, shameful. He suffered the death of a criminal. We have the benefit now of not only hindsight, but also faith. We know that this person hanging on the cross is the savior of the world. But at, at the time, St. John and the women disciples present were sharing in Christ's shame. Sometimes, perhaps also, we misunderstand the commandments in the Bible that tell us to be separate, to be a holy people, to come out of the world. We interpret world as the people outside the church. But St. Isaac the Syrian makes clear that when we talk about the world, we're talking about the passions, not the people who might show these passions. He says the world is a general name for all the passions. When we wish to call the passions by a common name, we call them the world. But when we wish to distinguish them by their special names, we call them the passions. The world, therefore, is not the people of the world. In, in fact, the only people St. Paul tells us to separate from are Christians who persist in sin. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. And he makes clear that we are by no means to separate from people outside the church who lead ungodly lives. They are the very people that we are supposed to love in imitation of Christ, who as the good physician came not for those who are well, but for those who are sick. They are the people most in need of the love of God. And St. John showed this kind of love when he went to fetch the erring youth back from wandering off the path of life. So another quality of love, therefore, is remaining close to those in suffering. A final example of true Christian love that I'd like to speak about today is that it acts when there is nothing to be gained for the giver. The Russian writer uh, Tatiana Tolstaya tells a story of going to see the beautiful ancient churches in the Italian city of Ravenna. And here there are these wonderful mo mosaics that are renowned the world over. And she speaks about going on one particular day when it was the height of the tourist season and there are crowds of people and it was in the summer so it was hot. It was very dusty. And she mentions that as soon as you step into one of these old churches, there's such a contrast with the blinding light out, outside that there's just utter darkness and that you cannot actually see all these beautiful icons and mosaics on the walls and ceilings of these churches. However, what many of these buildings have is a coin slot machine to one side and you put coins in and for a few seconds some lights turn on and the whole 
interior of these places is illuminated. Of course, that lasts only a few seconds and you need to keep putting the coins in. So as soon as the tourists realize that this is what you have to do, they're complaining and they're saying, we've paid so much money to get here and, and to the tourist companies. And finally here, we have to fork out even more cash just to see these famous sites. And sure enough, while they're going on like this, someone puts a coin in the machine and everyone's thankful and they look up and they're amazed at these wonderful colors from these mosaics in the ceiling. And then this person puts in another coin and then another one. And one after another, one person is putting all these coins into this machine so that everyone can see. Now, Tolstaya, as she tells this story, says that she was curious as to who was actually doing this. And she goes to the back of the church and she sees a man in a wheelchair with a bag of coins on his lap. And he was feeding one coin after another into this machine. And then she realized that he was blind. He was doing this even though he couldn't himself see the wonderful view that everyone else was seeing. It's an act of selfless love. In the same way, with our love, we can show others that there is more than just the darkness. In a world that is getting increasingly dark, it's not our words, it's not our opinions, it's not our political stances that will count, but our love can illuminate the heavens for other people. Like the blind man, this takes more than just a mediocre love, more than an average love, but rather one that is truly selfless. Like St. John going out to find the young man and then taking on the young man's penance. It's completely focused on the well-being of the other. And we see this denial of self and this zeal for the welfare of others in the other apostles too, like St. Paul where St. Paul writes in his letter to the Galatians chapter 4, My little children, I am in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Or how he writes in his letter to the Philippians chapter 4, when they sent money to support him, he thanks them, but he says, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Or how he writes in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. And this is different to what we often see today. People, uh, uh, people often do acts of love and then broadcast it far and wide. Virtue signaling is what we call it today. Or doing acts of love with some kind of benefit to be derived for the giver. It's an impure love where good actions are, are alloyed or can contaminated with ego. An immature love that gives maybe 50%, but is a shadow of what it could be. But if what the writer James Joyce says is true, that love loves to love love, if that's true, then God is drawing us closer and closer into a truly Christ-like love. A love that acts without self-interest, without fanfare, but with abandon. 
So we see that St. John truly fulfills the office of theologian by, being, by bearing witness to, to the transformed life and pulling us up by his example, lifting us up, born as on the wings of an eagle to be closer to God. He reveals to us simple yet profound truths that if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. This love is expressed, among other ways, in standing by people in their crises, in their breakdowns, in their low moments, in their tribulations, allowing our lives to become messy with their messes. It's also expressed in acts of love that are characterized by utter selflessness and the lifting up of the other, as seen in how St. John behaves towards the youth who lost his way. We see that the more St. John progresses, the more he acts as Jesus would. And if we're ever in doubt how to act in any given situation, then we must place ourselves, as St. John did, at the foot of the cross. And there we will surely understand the path forward for us, looking to Christ, our own great example of love. May it be so for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Door to pass.